Blog Talk Radio. The following is a disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the host, guest, and callers, and are not necessarily those of the Roman Show Network, its management, or other advertisers. Ladies and gentlemen, children across the... Oh, fuck it. Let's go off script. It's time for a reality check. The most real talk show on the net is back and better than ever. Covering all and everything with pro wrestling. The curse. The past. And especially, the future of pro wrestling. We'll talk overcoming struggles from the independents to pros and news from all around the wrestling world. We have no filters, so controversy is always welcome. This is your reality check. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the most real talk show on the net. I am your host with the most, of course. I'm talking about myself, George Alonso. And, of course, I'm here joining along with some historic people, my family, uh, my brothers-in-arms, and then, of course, my sister from another mister. Uh, The only reason I have to call her family is because it's in the contract. I have no choice but to respect her. But technically, (laughs) if I had no other choice, you know, know, she's actually... No, you shush. We're actually conducting history in the making here in the first time ever in Reality Check Radio history. In my six to seven years doing podcasting, I have never been able to do this, and it's an honor for a fact that she's actually going. This is that as far as a compliment as I'm going to go with you. Uh, that actually <laughs> we're doing this for the first time ever. I'm talking about Millie Cruz is broadcasting live from New York City, and on top of that, she's uh, working on our relationships over there. If you didn't see on the fan page, she just was uh, she did a live broadcast with Matthew Ryan, Matt Ryan, I'm sorry, uh, from this past week. Uh, he's uh, one of the promoters of 2KW and ICW New York, and she's still there now working relationships with Daryl's Gym, and she's making headways over there for Reality Check Radio in New York. Millie, how are you over there? I'm doing wonderful, George. I might not go back. Let me tell you this now. I might come back. I might just not. I just might not come back. It has been nothing but amazing, though. It's been nothing but amazing. Um, As you guys probably heard, George, um, you know, we did break ground with um, Matt Ryan with 2KW uh, Pro. Um, I'm over here at Dale's Gym right now, actually, with a couple of other guys. I won't disclose name. I will not break kayfabe for you guys. Because I love you all, and you guys are all family to me. Because you guys have all welcomed me with open arms. But I am here with, unfortunately, our sound guy, Matthew. Anyway, <laughs> if you guys didn't miss that, um, on my pre-show, I asked Matthew for water because I was running ropes and, you know, taking some bumps, doing some lovely things, and he refused to get me water. So, again, he got chopped. If you missed that, go check it out. Because he got chopped. Well... For once, at least you could get Matthew to actually clock in on time because here in Miami, he never's—he's never in the office on time for some reason. 
And mm-hmm. and you know, I remember last week he says, "Oh, it was traffic." I, I I'm dying to find out what his excuse is going to be next week when he's finally back in Miami with us here in the Reality Check Radio Studios. But you know what? Now with this empty seat, it actually feels like I'm in a safe working environment <laughs> for once. Oh, so, you know, for once, this room is taken over by people who should be in the room, and that's men only. And I'm going to go ahead and introduce you to the next person in line, my next family member. We all consider him the father uh, of our group. He's like the conscience. He's like the Jiminy Cricket. But at the same time, he's also a psychopath because he likes to hurt himself. I'm talking about Rick Foley. Rick, how are you? Hello, hello. How are we doing this evening? Good, good, sir. Good, good. Uh, how are you? Well, good. Well, just a quick uh, note. We decided to give Mr. Little CM Punk the night off so he can enjoy his, probably one of his last Halloweens as he's 14 years old. But I am broadcasting live from the lair that is Little CM Punk. George and Millie, you've, you've been inside the lair, so you know it's a, it's quite a lair indeed. Yeah. Well, you know what? You know, I, uh, you I know, feel like I'm... Go ahead, Melly. No, nothing, nothing at all. I'm just Matthew's over here, just making faces at me because I popped the <laughs> hell out of him. And he's got a nice little red mark on his uh, chest. Listen, he's just pissed off uh, and making faces I, I, at me. Matthew, you have my complete permission to beat her up. <laughs> anyway. Get soften her up a little bit for me, Matt, because you know uh, I do have to travel with her in January. And by the way, if you don't come back, Millie, that saves me money because then I don't have to repair, uh, uh, pay for your return flight. So, but and that also lands on you because then you have to pay for your own housing, your own everything over there. When Reality Check Radio was going to pay for all of that, so don't don't worry about it. You, you don't have to come back. Uh, that okay. anyway. So, so on with that. Guys, we are set to go with the most historic episode ever. I cannot wait for this show to begin as, uh, well, we technically have begun. But I'm talking about, like, the topics, the guests. We have some great things happening for you today. We're going to talk about Hell in the Cell. We're going to speak our opinion on that, which is by far uh, a lot of people consider it a minor pay-per-view. But you know what? To me, it was just as major as a Royal Rumble in a Survivor Series, and not because of the match set, but because of the history that was being made last night. Uh, three Hell in the Cell matches, really? women main eventing, women entering the Hell in the Cell for the first time. You have to consider was that. Well, that, we'll get to that in a second. You know, it, you have to consider that that has to be a major pay-per-view lineup. Now, on top of that, we're also going to talk about tonight's WWE Raw, but we cannot forget our special guest of the evening, this up-and-coming athlete out of New York, by coincidence. Uh, he's a technical guru. He's one of the best wrestlers to come out of New York. I'm talking about Steven Pena will be here on the show. Uh, great up-and-coming star. I, I cannot wait to speak with him. He, he's by far what many already being considered the future of professional wrestling. And, man, I see some bright, bright things happening for this young man. Millie, you've had your chance to work with this man a couple times before you moved over here to Miami. What, what can you tell us about Mr. Pena? Wow. Pena, let me tell you, dedicate. Oh, there's only one word. Honestly, to describe him, dedication. 
that's what it is. Steven dedicates himself, lives, eat, breathes wrestling. And honestly, he is, I have to say, if WWE does not sign him this time around, he definitely needs to be signed. Because this young man has put in nine years, guys, nine years into this passion. And he is promised. And as you guys have seen, I have posted a couple of things from previous um, WWE um, sites with the video of them with the training camp, um, you know, with Steven in it. Steven was at the PC last month, or earlier this month, I'm sorry, I think it was earlier this month, and he did his thing to show what the Bronx out here has to offer because, again, this young, awesome man has put in nine years and he's nothing but humble and an awesome guy and a sweet guy as well. You know, so I'm really honored to, that for you guys to meet him and speak to him and get to know who he really is, like I have. You know. And then even in the ring, when it's the ring time, when it's working, when it's drills, when it's, you know, so forth and so forth, he is serious about his game. He will look at you with a serious face on, on, on you and just just look at you like like the hell has frozen over. Just being honest. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, he has the muscles to prove it. If you haven't seen the flyer uh, of Steven Pena, that, that man's in complete shape. But you know what? I cannot wait to speak to him. He'll be on the show in just a couple minutes. So we have a couple minutes to spare. So what do you guys rather speak on first, WWE Raw or Hell in the Cell? Millie, your turn to pick this week's topic first. Let's do let's do Hell in the Cell right now because I'm just so upset about, about it. Let me let me just uh, <laughs> thanks a little bit. I am mad. Sasha lost, and it is bullshit. That's it. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Well, we but got an I angry Sasha. Hell in the Cell. I just give Hell in the Cell. I'm just gonna grade it right now for you guys. B minus. Okay. So basically, there we got an angry Sasha Banks fan, and and one can understand, especially because she lost in her hometown. But here here's one thing I will tell you: Hell in the Cell was a great pay per view. Okay, I, I, I'll I'll give it like you a, a B minus at most. B minus kind of leaning towards a C. But you know what? It, it, it's they did great for what it was, but I felt like the main event could have delivered a lot more. And, and listen, I'm not taking any credit away from these women. These women went out there and made history. There's nothing, that, there's no one that could take that away from them. And sometimes I'd rather make history than give you a good match. You know what? Because history can only be made once. Good matches you could have constantly. Okay? But... They made history, and no one can take that away from them. But as far as the match is concerned, I felt it, it, it was lacking a lot. It was lacking a lot. Like, to me, I felt like the Hell in the Cell match that really, really made the spotlight last night was basically Rusev versus Roman Reigns. And here's why. I thought that that match brought more hatred, brought more of that no-holds-barred, you know, atmosphere. It brought more like, hey, I'm going to hurt you in this cage, man. I'm going to make you bleed. 
And we saw that from the opening bell to the end when we saw Roman Reigns tied up to the ropes and getting hit with that Singapore cane. We saw chairs. We saw tables. We saw it. We saw steel steps. We saw it all in that match. Freaking Kevin Owens, uh, fast forward to Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. The most we saw there was tables, which I will admit that one table spot with Kevin Owens going through those two tables on the outside was extremely sick and dangerous. And then you get Sasha versus, uh, you know, Charlotte, where I think we saw a couple of table spots. Uh, and I think the most major spot of it all was that powerbomb on the outside. But other than that, it was just a no-holds-barred match, a no-DQ match. That's what it looked like to me. It did not live up to the hype of a hell-in-the-cell match. But again, they made history, and I'm not going to take that away from them. Overall, like Millie says, B-minus leaning over to a C. Rick, what's your opinion? Yeah, I gave it a C. Talked to you guys about it this afternoon. I'm, I'm going to stick with, with my C grade on it. Uh, I thought it was a little uneven. I agree with you. I thought, I thought it started out great. Uh, I love the uh, part where Rusev has the chain wrapped around Roman's mouth up on the steel steps. I thought they really had a chance to use that and get that ball rolling throughout the night. Uh, again, like you said, the Sasha Charlie match, I thought at the end they ran out of gas, so it was a little bit sloppy at the end, but obviously, like I said, historical. Once in a lifetime, they'll never, have, they'll never be on their first time for that event. Uh, I was a little disappointed, although I understand having Sasha lose at home. Would love to have seen her retain at home, but uh, yeah, other than that, I give it, I give it a C. All right, well there you go. And uh, Millie, I know you're you already spoke your mind about how disappointed you were uh, at the whole yeah. situation that Sasha lost, yeah. and 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 you already gave it a great system. But we want to hear more of your opinion. Uh, what what did you have to say about Hell in the Cell as a whole? What, what did you think? Again, Hell in the Cell for me, like I said, I gave it a, a B-. minus. Um, I did like the cage match between Roman Reigns and Rusev. It was very entertaining. Um, it was actually just not a booing moment for me at all. Um, I just don't like that the New Day. I love the New Day. Everyone knows I am a New Day fan. New Day rocks. I would, I would jam out all day. But I just think it's time for them to lose their titles. I just, but I understand what the WWE is doing. They want them to break the the, the actual world, world record. I think it was like four hundred, like what did I, I think it's like four hundred something days. Yeah, four hundred seventy-nine days. So I know that they're trying to, they're going to make them break it. So of course they're going to put them over constantly. Um, that match was good for me. Um, oh my god, my brain just went blank, guys. I'm sorry. I just like <laughs> no, had a no worries, but. Part. To to kind but of overall, you know piggyback. Go ahead, Millie. Go ahead. But overall, I that's why I give it a, a B minus because the rest of the matches were really entertaining, were really good, were very promising. Um, the whole you know Universal um, you know title with Jericho interfering, you know things like that. Um, I guess I say Seth Rollins, but we all know our lovely. Um, you guys missed that out. You can go check on my page. I will probably post it on our page later tonight. Mr. Matthew did dress up like Kevin Owens, guys. He dressed up like K.O. himself. So, and it was kind of funny. It was really funny. I had a feeling I could, because I, I wanted to do Seth Rollins. I wanted to dress up like Seth Rollins, but he told me I couldn't because I had the blonde hair. So I was just like, no, I just want it anyway. 
So um, <laughs> when he walked in with the shorts and the, the the leggings underneath with the sneakers, I already knew what was coming on under that hoodie. So I was very happy that he actually listened to me for once in his life. For once. But anyway, um, you know, it's just overall it was a really good show. I really loved it, but I was just very, like I said, I'm just really disappointing in, in the women's match. All right. Well, again, like not to uh, not to uh, kind of disrespect the women because I'm a huge supporter of women's wrestling, just like all of us no, are not. here Stop in this lying. room. You know you're lying. You know you you, you 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 tell me I can never wrestle, George. You tell me I can never do the thing. I'm trying to swallow up the demon that's in me. That demon hasn't woken up in a long, long time, Millie, and please don't wake him up. I'm trying to be a respectful person, and if you wake up that guy... Listen, George, we all know that you don't want women to wrestle, so do not sit here and tell me. Okay? Listen, Millie, I used to have a persona known as Stephen Cage that I locked up. You know, he was a bad guy. I had to see therapy for two years, okay, for two years. As a matter of fact, Rick, you know who I'm talking about, Stephen Cage. You remember that guy. Hmm. I had my background with that guy is not a happy one. Please don't bring him out, Millie. Please. This is not. What's this? What's this bringing him up? I thought he was already brought because you swear that women should be in the kitchen making you sandwiches and women should just never be in professional wrestling. So I don't know what you're talking about. Rick, Rick, get my therapist on the line. uh, I'm just gonna let you guys settle your differences, mano y mano. I'm just gonna sit back and cross my legs and, and watch. Rick, you're just call lucky my therapist. that I'm not sitting. You're just lucky I'm not sitting across the table from you right now. Rick, Remember. call my therapist. Call my therapist, Rick. You're talking to your therapist, George. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is good. This is healthy. I like this. I don't want to bring him out. This was going. This was a dark time for me, Rick. Give the people what they want. Rick, this is a guy who would make women bleed, okay? Oh, Just I remember because that guy he, very, very well, in fact. He will, he will throw them against steel cages. He will hit them with barbed wire. He, he listen. definitely is not a nice guy. There's no question about this that. This is not a character I want to bring. Millie, please, I'm begging you. I had to see a therapist for two years for this guy, this persona. Please don't push him anymore. Please. Wait, wait, who's, now who's this Millie that, that, that you're talking about? Because last time I checked, it's Layla Sin that you're talking to now. Because if it wasn't for me and the sins that you've committed, you would never be who you are today. Mr. Cage. Don't call me that. Oh, what, Cage? Cage? Don't Cage? call me. Come on, man. 
because you want Stephen Cage. You want Stephen Cage, you bitch. You got him. What the hell are you doing on the radio in the first place? This is a man's profession, okay? Listen, you jumped the bandwagon just like everyone did in Chicago when Dwayne Wade signed with the with the Chicago Bulls, okay? And no one knew who, who, who Wade was. Also, Chicago was like, yay, Wade is coming. You know what? You women jumped onto the bandwagon when men started this business, okay? Men started <laughs> professional wrestling, women, not you men women. Never women so don't deserve to, to be about. in this, okay? Women don't deserve to be in this. And when the day when you taste your own blood coming down your face, into your lips, that is the day you're going to find out that you do not belong. You are a disease into this business. You do not belong. Now get in my kitchen and make me a sandwich. Oh, my God, I can't believe what I just did. Oh my you God. really forget who you're talking to right now, don't you? Oh you really do. Because if it wasn't for me, your sins would never be committed. Remember this. If it wasn't for me, you wouldn't have the spunk that you have today, Mr. Cage. You wouldn't be so angry if it wasn't for me. So you remember this. Men will always need women, and women will always reign higher supreme over any man in this industry. God, what have I done? Anyway, now, as Layla Sin has spoken her tea, we will now have to contact our guests because we don't need to be dealing with little pathetic men like yourself. We have other real men, not little babies. So, with that being said, Mr. Steven Pena needs to call, or one of us needs to call him, and that is that. I can't believe. I need to talk to my therapist. (laughs) I promised myself never to let Stephen Cage out of the box, and you... (laughs) Millie... All kayfabe George, aside, George, you, you keep ha- talking. George, you keep talking. Where's my Where's my guest, man? You have no idea what you started. Okay, well, let's no. go ahead and bring on our special guest of the evening. Again, if you haven't heard already, we spoke very highly of this young man. Like how Millie said, he's a very dedicated individual. Me, I consider him the future of professional wrestling. Let's go ahead and introduce to the world Mr. Stephen Benya. Mr. Pena, are you there? Yeah, how's it going, guys? <laughs> uh, good, good, Mr. Pena. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Well, well, Mr. Pena, as uh, we all know, you're also stationed in New York. I, I don't know where you're yeah. at right now. I don't know if you're in the same location as Ms. Cruz. But uh, how are you enjoying the New York weather? I'm hearing it's super uh, super cold over there already. Uh, uh, it could be better. It could be, <laughs> it could be better, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I love the cold. So, hey, let me ask you something, Mr. Pena, because I'm planning yeah. on getting there in January. Is it still cold around that time? That's the worst, man. Catching you in the wrong. Really? <laughs> I mean, if you like the cold, come along. But that's that's the coldest. Just get ready. <laughs> so, Jan- okay, Millie, if I look like a giant polar bear because I'm wearing like five, six jackets, 
I, I apologize for embarrassing you in public. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway so Mr. Pena, uh, first and foremost, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining us here. I, I know you're very, very busy. Uh, you train every day. Uh, you know, you, you plan for your next matches. You, you're trying to set up a big future for you uh, in this yeah. business. So I thank you so very much for taking some time off that busy schedule to come talk to us. You got it, brother. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. I mean, I'm excited. It's my first one, to be honest, and I'm really excited about it. So thank you, guys. Well, then, guys, we would like to call this a Reality Check Radio exclusive. So, so basically, what I want to ask you first, Mr. Pena, is I, I did a little digging, and from what I understand right. is that wrestling wasn't the only thing in your background. You, you used to be a baseball player. On top of that, you have yeah. some acting. You have some powerlifting. You know, you have a lot of traits in, in the back, you know, that you used to do yeah. before you went into professional wrestling. Did yeah. this help you become the wrestler that you are today? I feel, yeah. I mean, everything I did up until baseball, it was just for baseball. You know what I mean? I played high school and I played college baseball. I was a pitcher. So, off the bat, I knew I was very fit to be a pro wrestler. As soon as I found wrestling, I literally right away quit baseball to pursue wrestling. So everything from the acting, from the gym, the lifting, it was all towards wrestling. You know what I mean? So I feel like aesthetically it was there, but to make it, as we all know, you just can't make it off being athletic. You have to look the part, be the part. So that's why I legit quit baseball the day of I, I wanted to be a wrestler. Did, did uh, like when when it comes to wrestling and baseball because both of course are very respectful bu uh, businesses in its own right. You know, baseball yeah. is your old American pastime sport, and then of course for wrestling is your old time coming from the Greco Romans. You know, how was it working for both? Like how you're saying, like oh, you have to look the part, you have to make the part. Was it hard? Like when you say, oh, I have to do this for baseball now, I have to train a different way for professional wrestling. Was was it a hard transition? It was the hardest thing I've had to do because on a regular training day for baseball, I legit had to run like three hours. So I was in school full-time in the morning. I would practice and then go to a game and be back like around 2 in the morning. So I never ate, never worked out in the gym. So I was extremely skinny. I was 6'3", about 130, no lie. So off the bat, I knew I had to gain at least 100 pounds. You know, we got to be real about it. Realistic, it's wrestling is wrestling. So as yeah. soon as I quit baseball, I started my diet changed. I started eating way more food, hitting the heavy weights. That was the biggest thing for me because I was always in the field, always outside, always running, never gaining weight, always burning fat, burning calories, which is, you know, I, to be a wrestler, you just can't do that. Yes, you know, a lot of cardio, but you got to look the part. So that, yeah. that change was the hardest thing I had to do, and I'm going to be real with you, and I'm glad it's over. <laughs> I'm out of weight that I finally got, you know, but it was extremely, extremely hard. So then, like how you're saying, you know, with baseball, this is what you had to do. You were 6'3", 130 pounds, et cetera, and then you had to gain yeah. 100 pounds to become a wrestler. You know, it, yeah. it was a whole two different training monsters, you know. Um, yeah. In the world of professional wrestling, how does Steven Pena find Steven Pena, though? Because, like how you were saying, you were a baseball player in high school and then going into college. Right. You knew Steven Pena, the baseball player, because you played it for so many years. How did you yeah. find Steven Pena, the wrestler? 
Well, that that's the thing. It was so different because in back in '08, '09, when I started wrestling, you know, mm-hmm. the first thing I knew I had to be okay. I gotta get big. That's the first thing. Before speaking promos, skills, the first thing I had to do was get big. That's my that was my mentality. I didn't care about nothing but get big. So as a baseball player at at that time, all I wanted to do was throw hard. I threw about 92 as a pitcher, but I didn't love the game. You know what I mean? I grew out of it. I, I had a new love, which is wrestling. But at the, as the, from the change, it was more of gaining weight. Now, the more that I gained weight, and which I did gain the weight, it, the mm-hmm. ring work did suffer because I felt like I was moving at a very slow. You know, like I, I felt like a fat guy. You know, for lack of better yeah. terms, I felt like I was very heavy, very fat, which is complete opposite of one, what I, how I felt. You know, in a, in, in the pitching round. So it took years, honestly, to not only keep the weight up, but actually move with the weight, you know, in a way that I don't feel fat, you know what I mean, don't feel heavy. Yeah. I could actually maneuver in the ring as opposed to just being in a mound, being very thin and throwing hard, you know, to going into the ring and not only look heavy, be heavy, but maneuver with the same weight that I have. So and here's, Ben, because I remember when I first – like I used to be, <laughs> this is gonna be funny because you're you're gonna be like, uh-huh. oh, you can't compare the two. <laughs> but you were a baseball player that turned pro wrestler. I was a bowler yeah. <laughs> turned pro wrestler. Okay. <laughs> I, I I think the most things that bowlers do is train their wrists and and fingers to not make sure they don't get sprains. So technically, right. it was a hard transition for me to go from uh-huh. hey, let's just train my hand to train my entire body. Right, so, right. I got to ask you this, because to me, <laughs> the hardest thing when I entered during the transition was running the ropes. What was the hardest right. thing for you, man, like uh, when you finally made that move? Like I know you said, oh, it was the weight issue because you felt big, but what was the hardest thing for you to accomplish when you finally entered the wrestling world? Was it the promos, the running ropes? What was it? It, honestly, everything. There was not one thing that I could do right. And I, I, I mean that, like, <laughs> all honestly. It took me, like, two, three months to do a simple roll, a roll-up. I couldn't do a roll, and I don't know why. I thought I was flexible, <laughs> you know, at the time that I walked in into wrestling. I was, I was still thin. I wasn't heavy. So you would assume I could do a roll. I couldn't even do a roll. I couldn't bump. Run the ropes was horrible. Horrible, horrible. I couldn't do anything right. Which, like I said, you would assume I, can't, I couldn't even do a roll. To be funny, like I was telling people today at Darrow's, I learned my first roll, like back roll, a few weeks ago, a few months ago. You know, hmm. like everything, every like yeah, wow. promos. I start, I started taking it serious almost now because I, you know, I got my try for WWE, but it, it, it all came like in their own, in their own different times. But they were all difficult, man. Like it, if you if you would have seen me do a simple roll, you like. Get him out the ring. <laughs> you know, like, I, I can do anything right. Nothing right. So, well, you know, Millie's going to talk about, uh, with you, about your nine-year thing, you know, you, your nine-year mm-hmm. venture in the world of professional wrestling, and I'm not going to touch that subject or else she's going to mm-hmm. kick my ass when she comes back mm-hmm. to Miami. <laughs> but I have to ask you this, Just then. Watch like, <laughs> As a nine-year veteran, I'm not going to ask you, oh, mm-hmm. you know, how did you transition? How's your, you know, and that's her, her department. But you've yeah. been in this business for nine years, okay? Yeah. And you've seen so many young kids come into this business, and some of them has even quit. You know, uh, yeah. like oh, yeah. some people 
didn't do the whole thing like you and I did when uh, when we first came in. Like the only reason yeah. I stopped was because of a severe concussion. Thank God for you, you're still okay. doing it. Right. But I have to ask you, Mr. Pena, how do you see the future? You know, of professional wrestling because I'm pretty sure now with your nine year under your belt, you've been helping these yeah. kids. How, how do you see the oh, future yeah. of professional wrestling? Oh, listen, it, it's it's so honestly, it's, it's so competitive. Even for me, you know, like I, it years mean nothing. Some people have it, some people don't. I see it great, especially now with the cruiserweight happening in WWE. It gives people hope because. You you probably agree that back back ten years ago, if you was like under five ten, you probably never had a chance to make it. And yes. it's sad, but it's, it's a sad truth, and that's how people thought. Now it was a rare case to make it, but it's you know it's very rare. Now there's actually yeah. it gives them hope. You know what I mean? So at least now it, it, it's very competitive. It's very competitive. They they know what they're doing. They love it. When I teach people, I teach them what I know. You know what I yeah. learned, but. I know people who've been here for you that teach me stuff, you know? Like, I'm still I'm still a student. I'm always going to be a student, you know, because not every wrestler knows everything. But the future's yeah. looking amazing. It's only going to go off from here. Absolutely. I completely agree. And to be honest with you, these are days that I look at the business and say, man, I wish this concussion never happened. Like, to me, mm-hmm. to kind of refer to something that's happening, I feel like I got the Daniel Bryan syndrome because – I, w- I got that concussion. The doctor said, you can't do this no more. And uh-huh. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I'm like, you damn. <laughs> you know, it, it, right. I, I was a little kid. Man, Mr. Pena, let me show you something. I've done so many gimmicks from butlers to mm-hmm. to women haters <laughs> to a masked homosexual. I loved uh-huh. this business. <laughs> okay? I loved this business and anything to entertain uh-huh. people. Right. Let me. Ask, my last question to you is, basically, and this is this is for motivational reasons only. Mm-hmm. How much do you love this business, and how should these kids that are coming into this business, how should they love the business as well? It, it's. I, I mean, it's hard to explain. Either you love it or you don't. And it's like I tell people: if you don't love it, eventually it'll pick you out. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can fake it. People, you, I know you met people who actors who want to be wrestlers just because they have the body. Y'all can make it. Eventually, they're going to chew you up. You can fake it all you want. Eventually, something's going to happen. It'll kick you out. You know what I mean? If you love it, love it, do it, and give it your all. I know people who, they're very bitter because they went nowhere, but in reality, they don't do nothing with it. You know what I mean? They don't train. People think that, okay, I do shows. There's no more training. No, you train forever. I saw Sasha Banks last week in Hog. You know what I mean? Like, she was there. So, you never stop training. If you love it, you love it. It's just as simple as that. If you don't, it's going to find a way to kick you out. <laughs> and for me, it's funny. <laughs> you know, because you could think it yeah. all you want. People think it's fake. And, okay, get in the ring and you'll see that you won't last. You know? No, completely agreed. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead. I know I got two other co-hosts here that are dying to speak with you. Uh, So basically, first and foremost, I'm going to say thank you very much for answering all my questions, Mr. Pena. Thank Uh, thank you, sir. If I have any other last questions, uh, I'll wait to the end. Uh, You know, let my two other co-hosts talk to you because I'm not selfish that way. So basically, (laughs) who wanted to go next? Rick? Uh, uh, Really? Really? Oh, oh, Millie, I'm sorry. Millie, you could go ahead. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry about that, Stephen. I'm so sorry. You got it. <laughs> Forgive me. 
Forgive him for he not know what he does. (laughs) As you've heard, he's already given you a snippet of what I'm going to talk to you about. I know you've been doing this for nine years, Stephen. We all know I've had the honor of, you know, seeing with you, you know, training and stuff like that in the ring. Now, your techniques over the nine years, what has changed for you? Okay, we know the back rolls and everything you couldn't do, things like that. What Mm -hmm. other things that you found as being obstacles in the industry that, you know, that you just evolved into? I I have a a perfect answer. You know what it is? I... I took for granted my height in terms of like, okay, I'm I'm big, you know, I'm tall. Not big, but I'm tall. I could, I could get away with a few things. In reality, you got people now who are like 6'5", 300, could do backflips, you know, shooting star presses. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. they don't have that mold no more. So it's almost like, oh, cruiserweights do flips and big guys just power. No, you got people doing both now. You know, I've seen mm-hmm. the little people pick up people like, like they're nothing. So... That's what kind of changes, especially, like, in my training. It's more like I'm trying to, like, lean towards more of, like, not really more high-flying, but yeah. be able to do it and move like a feather in the ring, you know? I'm 6'3", yeah. so I feel like if I move like a feather, I will stand out. That's my mindset Excellent. right now. Yeah. That's what's up. Now, we have all know I've been posting and glorifying you on our lovely <laughs> pod page um, and we do know that you were at the PC recently. I think it was like three weeks ago or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. definitely, I can definitely say I'm like super proud of you. I can definitely sit there Thank and be you. like, <laughs> as you saw my Instagram, I was like, I know this guy. I know him. <laughs> <laughs> like a little bit, you know, like a little sister proud of her big brother. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. Now, how was it? I know you can't tell us much because, again, you stole mm. Unsent on the Radar with WWE. Um, but how was it to actually be there at the PC and, you know, you know, be with other colleagues who, you know, from around the, around the country? Right. First, listen, I, and people say, what? I had a blast. It was fun. Like, if I could do that forever, I would do it. And it's not even wrestling. It was more cardio drills, you know? Yeah. Now, I've done extra work that I've been in a with, with, you know, with all the mm-hmm. superstars. Nothing mm-hmm. tops what I did at the PC. I had a blast. Mm-hmm. I did not want to come home. I got home. I saw the projects. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm back in New York. You know what I mean? Like, I did not want to come back. Mm-hmm. Now, but the, the, the actual trial, it was brutal. And you hear it, and, you know, people tell you, until you go through it, it is brutal. You will never know. I had people throw. I saw people throw up in the middle of like the warm-ups of the first day. It was that bad. Like I'm legit doing my squats. I look across from the ring and I see a guy throw up. I'm like, wow. It's like five minutes in, bro. You know what I mean? Like you saw all of it. you saw the top-notch athletes like in the NFL, and you saw people you know who never done cardio in their life, and it sucks for me to say, it, but it's the truth. And they push through it. Like I said, like I told, you know, like I said it before, it's, it's you want it or you don't. And they yeah. saw who wanted it and who didn't want it. People exactly. quit on it, you know. But you have to assume people are going to quit on it. It was brutal. It was brutal, but I had a blast. That's what's up. That's uh, super awesome. I'm, like, super proud of you. So. <laughs> Thank you. What? Matthew, what, man? <laughs> Seriously, my this is my interview with Steven. So you, you can't. You're just a sound guy. You're just a sound guy. Listen, you're just the sound guy. I want to, but you cannot. 
This is a circus. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? So what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Matt, Matt, Matthew, Matthew, Matt, Matt, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> what the hell just happened? Oh, 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 what the freak oh, just happened? Uh, <laughs> Hello? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just had. What the hell just happened? I heard a little impact. I heard a little impact. <laughs> How you doing, Steven? How you doing? I'm good, bro. I'm good. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Hope you're warm. Now, here's my question. Uh, basically, I'm lost. I know, George. Don't worry about it. You will thank me. Just know that you're gonna get the hospital bill most likely. But anyways, let me continue on. Um, so Stephen, uh, I know you trained at Johnny Rod School in Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, so tell me, uh, it's a two-part question. Uh, one, how was training there? And two, did you train with any of the wrestlers that we see now performing on TV? Well, I I went in early '09. Legit, the day after New Year's of 09, I started at Johnny Rob. And okay. like, I, like I said before, I was a skinny little young kid, so I was, you know, scared. And I, I hated it at first. Cause I felt like I didn't belong. I couldn't do anything right. I grew to love it. You know, I, that's how that's what I learned to wrestle. You know, point blank, that's how I learned to wrestle. So I loved it in the beginning. As as the years went on, I, I could be, be, be honest, I didn't... How do I put this? I I left with with a bad taste in my mouth. I I I started to hate it. It made me hate professional wrestling. And I'll say I'll tell you why right now. Johnny Rod has a very old school way of training. And I'm talking about like in the seventies where, you know, you cannot leave a territory. That's how he still thinks. Now if you're there in this club, you cannot do other shows but his shows. Which off the bat, it didn't seem so bad because so many people came from Johnny Rod. So my mind was, okay, I could just, you know, just stay here and not make it because people other people made it. Now, I still, you know, after a while, I knew I needed my experience. Now, for like five years, you're wrestling the same exact people for like, you know, once every two months. I wasn't going anywhere. Anywhere, you know, and that's, it made me hate the business for what it is because New York was not the wrestling city it is now. It was horrible. As much as you, you know, all New York, it was horrible. So there was no other way, you know, no other way to go. So I was, in a way, stuck there because I couldn't go outside the city to wrestle because I was in school full time and I was, you know, working. So I couldn't go nowhere. Okay. I left actually recently because, you know, I I heard things of, you know, listen, in order to make it, you need experience. So I still did my shows and, you know, he caught me. Like, like if it's illegal, right? He called me doing these shows for God, you know, forbid me for actually wrestling, for loving the business. And he would turn to kick me out. So I myself walked out. It was no disrespect for my part, but I decided to walk out because I felt like it wasn't fair. And if I'm paying you for a service, which is to train me, I felt like I, did, I, I didn't get the service back. You know, like oh. I felt like I wasted a few, like years there. Like I said, I can't take it back because that's where I started. You know what I mean? But I felt like of he course. runs it in a way that it's not for me. For other people, yes, maybe. If you're there and you love it, God bless you. For me, no, it's not for me. You know, so okay. have I been back there yet? No, I haven't, and I don't think I will. But that's, right. that's, the, that's the business, I guess. 
And you asked who else did I wrestle. Actually, as soon as I started, two months after or three months after I started, Bill came in. Big Bill is actually Colin Cassidy. So, yeah. So he started about three months after I started. So we about trained about together. And he got signed about a year after and left little old me behind. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been, you know what, looking at you and looking at him, that would have been a crazy big man tactic. But it's, on, it's crazy I'm because if you, if you, <laughs> you nah, see yeah, him it's, now it's, on it's TV, funny. you see him now on TV, and it's like that's nowhere, that's no, like he was nowhere the way he was at Gleason's. You know, like this guy was, he used to be a cowboy. He was very thin and skinny. But one thing, he was a heel. He would always have the crowd in his hands. This guy never got so, I've never seen like so much heat coming from that gym, like from him. This guy was an amazing heel. So it's weird seeing him now, but it just goes to show you like, you know, how much of an actual talent he really is. Like you think he's good now. I, I can't even imagine as a heel, because I've seen him as a heel. But that's, that's, that's the future to see. <laughs> okay. So my thing is, uh, who inspired you growing up? Get into wrestling. Like, it could be a wrestler. It could be family. Billy, type down. I know your teeth. Pick them up. They're still on the floor. Like I was saying. Um, She's knocked out. Or, like, wrestling-wise. Well, as a kid, I loved wrestling. So, but I was still playing baseball. Now, I, you know, the same fans, the same wrestlers that we all were fans of. Stone Cold, The Rock, those people. After I got towards, like, eighth grade, I stopped watching wrestling. It's like about four years, about, like, when the invasion started. I, I got kind of bored and I stopped watching it. I got more into, you know, baseball. I started watching it again when Eddie passed. And then when, the, like, two months after, Edge, you know, won a title from Cena, cashing in. That was the first day that I started watching it again. I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And I started watching it since. Now, what made me become a wrestler was I actually attended the Royal Rumble in 2008. And I was in the very last row. Like, behind me was the bathroom. Like, I kid you not. And the ovation that this man got from his entrance, okay, that's it. I'm done. I went to, the next day was the very first day of school of my semester. And, okay, I'm done with baseball. That's, this is what I'm going to do forever. <laughs> that ovation <laughs> and being that freak, that, that building, like, rumble, it was great. I mean, I'm done. I'm done with baseball. <laughs> nice, nice. Like my, I have a few inspirations myself. That's not fan, that's that's not wrestling wise, family wise too. Uh-huh. But you know, we all have those. Now, what match? Oh yeah. Inspired you to wrestle? What was that? Which match inspired you to wrestle? I don't think I don't think I have a match that made me want to wrestle. You know, I no, I, yeah, I don't really think I have a match. I mean, honestly, I don't have a match. I really don't. I mean, if the, my favorite match was when Taker lost to Brock <laughs> because of the reaction. I feel like I, I'm more of a reaction guy than actual match. Oh, my God. I think somebody's waking up. <laughs> she's out, man. Yeah, I think I should have the phone because I think she's going to hit me. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give her back the phone. I'm going to get her back the phone. It was nice talking to you, Steven. Hold on. Let you me got it, Matt. <laughs> oh, my God. Steve. I'm sorry, Steven. Steven. Because <laughs> you're here at Daryl's with me. <laughs> in the other room. <laughs> I'm just prepared. 
you're going to witness some crazy stuff right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway, I'm going to turn this over. <coughs> my freaking lips. To Rick Foley. What the heck Go ahead, God, this is you. definitely a freaking Halloween episode. episode. Jesus. <laughs> Halloween episode. <laughs> anyway, Rick, take it away. Hey, Stephen. How are you, buddy? How's it going, brother? Good, man. Quick question. I'm just, ta- just going to piggyback off of your uh, talk with George about transitioning from a skinny pitcher to a, to a big guy. Talk to me and talk to yeah. us about that transition. What did you have to go through, and what did you go through? On a, what is the life of Stephen Penny on a daily basis in terms of eating, training, wrestling, the whole nine? Uh, when I first started, like I said, all I wanted to do was gain weight. I don't care how I gained it, all I wanted to do was gain weight. Now, at the time, I, I, I think I had a job, but it was like I was like making $100 every two weeks. I kid you not. You know, it was part of I was I was in school full time. So I would eat whatever I could get my hands on. I gained so much weight, but it was like I gained, I got fat, which is the hardest part for me because you know as a as a ball player you don't really eat. You either you know I was in school I'm, or I'm in the field. I'm in, I'm running. Or I'm in I'm in a bus heading to a game. That was the most that was the hardest thing I ever had to do. Now I eat clean. I I can't eat cleaner than I eat, that I, than I eat now because I want to move better in the ring. What I do now different is that I do not miss a day in the gym. Like, I legit train seven days a week. I think last year alone, I think I took maybe four or five days off the whole year. I'm doing something. in The conditioning, cardio, weights, I'm doing something. So I never, ever, ever take a day off. I remember I went on, vac- on vacation last year to Maryland, and the first thing I did when I got to the, to the, to the house was look for a gym. So I would wake is up and work out, and then on the explosive end, or or more heavy, or is it a little combination of both? Are you looking it, for explosion, explosiveness, or a little bit of I both? Followed a, I, I followed a bodybuilding like routine for like ever. <laughs> up until now that I had my tryout, I started you know focusing more on you know metrics. You know, I will do a lot of a lot of cardio, a lot of head training. So now it's a little different. Not because of the tryout, but not because I want to move better in the ring, and I want to actually you know wrestle as long as I can. You know, injury prevention is, is number one. So, right. That that's something actually new. Like I saw, I saw doing that like about two, three months ago, and I I love it. I love it. Excellent. Now, focusing on the wrestling side, George and I, unfortunately, haven't had the uh, pleasure of seeing you live in the ring. So, uh-huh. within your nine years in in the ring, give me uh, Stephen Pena's favorite match to date, either as a singles competitor or in a tag situation. What's the match that stands out in your mind today? My best match, uh, my favorite best match. match, let me see, my favorite match, <laughs> I would say, well, maybe got to work with, maybe, yeah, there was a guy named Keon back in Johnny Rods, this guy was amazing, I mean, if he would have focused more, he would have made it, he was my favorite opponent, and outside the ring, he was like, really my best friend, we had a match in 2012, it was my first match, my first singles match, actually. So that's like it's going way back, and it's kind of surprising that it's my first singles match. I would always do tag matches for some reason, and what well, that's Johnny Rod for you. And our first match, we went about eight minutes. I went over with my first title, and so that match I will never forget. That was my favorite match. Everything just clicked. Every time I wrestled Keon, like we clicked in the ring. 
he hasn't wrestled in so long. If we get in the ring right now, we'll probably do a, good, a great match. You know, like, he was just that kind of worker. Wow. Yeah. All right, so I'm not going to put a crystal ball in front of you. You get Got a phone you. call, and you, you are given the opportunity to wrestle anybody in the world today of your choosing. Who would mm-hmm. it be and why? Oh, William Regal. Will, I'll say it right away, William Regal. It's just the way he works. He's stiff, and so am I. He's European. I, I, I think for me, they're the best wrestlers in the world, and because they're so technical, and that's exactly why I feel like if you go, if you go see a European match, they're a little bit too technical. But Regal has, he still has that stiffness in him. You know, like he makes it look like a real fight. And off the bat, I'll say Regal. Very, very cool. Well, that's yeah. going to wrap up for me with my questions. If I have any further, I'll definitely hop in again. But I'm going to hand the mic off back to George. Gotcha. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you, Steven. All right. So let me, uh, you know, I did have some uh, some kind of like questions in the in the waiting, you know, just in case mm-hmm. they were going to ask before me. But first, before uh-huh. I, Millie, are you okay? Hey, Brandon. Hmm. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Uh, I feel like her lip guy, is swollen. Her, your sound guy is not going to come back. That's all I'm telling you after today. It's, it's <laughs> definitely going to be a mess. Hey, Steven, uh, you're, you yes. constantly go to Daryl's gym. Do they have bags of ice there? Because I think Millie needs a bag. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, find, I'll find the hall where she's in. I'll see if she's okay. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because she sounds horrendous. And I still have her she for another horrendous. half hour. Um, but basically, here, here's my question for you, Steven. Like, going back to our conversation that, that we were having uh, and we last left off, where you were saying like, oh my God, this is the this is the hottest time for to be a professional wrestler. Yeah. Do you feel like you pretty much joined professional wrestling at the best time? Honestly, yeah. And it's funny because I always I've, I always said I'm gonna join when I gain weight. And you know, yeah. I, I don't know if you know how people feel about like their body. You're never satisfied, you know. So. I yeah. could have still been right now, oh, I'm a gamer weight. No, you know, it's never going to happen. So I feel like I'm doing it at, at the perfect time. I wouldn't be where I'm at now. Like, I'm very grateful where I'm at. Now, do I want to move forward? Obviously, you know. But who could yeah. say that they went to the PC for a tryout? You know, like, no, not everyone could say that. I'm extremely grateful. When I started, how I started, as much as I, you know, have my feelings about Johnny Rods, I feel like I'm glad I started it because now I know, you know. So, yeah. Well, then... Let, uh, to to also then to say like about where you are and Johnny Rods and you know to be honest with you uh, I feel like New York and New Jersey are pretty much mm-hmm. like the capital of, one of the capitals of professional wrestling because mm-hmm. if those that don't know the WWE practically made a home out of New York you know they uh-huh. they stationed out of Madison Square Garden all the time right uh, you know you wrestle in New York Stephen. And yeah. now you finally got to get that tryout, like you were saying. So right. here's you growing up in the capital of professional wrestling. As mm-hmm. a kid, watching professional wrestling, as a fan. And then also now you see yourself a couple of years later. Uh, I, I don't want to say your age over the air because that's private stuff. Mm-hmm. But, bas- <laughs> but basically a couple of years later, 
You see yourself working in the ring and not just that, getting a tryout in the WWE. So I'm going to not mm-hmm. ask Steven Pena, the wrestler, this. I'm going to ask Steven Pena, the fan. How do you uh-huh. feel? It's, it's crazy because, you know, you, you ask a kid nowadays, oh, what's your dream? And they'll say it. Ask them again 10 years from then, they probably don't even remember what they said, you know? <laughs> or even if they really believed it. You know, like, it, it's, it's just the way life is. And it's it's crazy. Just I remember we had to walk in the PC on Wednesday night for the physical. And I was in awe because, like, wow, I started watching wrestling. You know, in your, you, you, you put yourself watching wrestling in your room, you know, watching Raw Monday night. You don't think you'll ever even touch the company of WWE, you know? And just me being mm-hmm. there, I was like, wow, man. Like, you know, dreams really do happen. Whatever happens between now and going forward, I, I, I was still in the building of the PC, you know? Like, that's something that I will forever be grateful for. It's crazy what's happening in my life, and I'm hoping it's going to go, you know, further up. So then my final question is this, uh, Stephen, because, again, growing up as a fan, when I, when I was a kid, I, I, I grew up idolizing people like Hogan, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, uh, the Macho Man, you know, the, the list goes on and on and on. And mm-hmm. I always told my mother growing up, and even my grandmother, God bless her, uh, Mm-hmm. When I would hear Hulk Hogan's music come on, I would literally grab any tank top that was in my drawer, I would put it on, and yeah. I would pretend to be Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I don't care if it was yellow, yeah. I don't care if it was red or gray. I would just pretend. And I told my uh-huh. mother all the time, because she used to buy me those little foam belts, I would tell her, yeah. Mom, I want to be like him. A couple mm-hmm. years later, I became that guy. I heard my music, yeah. I came down the aisle. And I would never forget this. My first match ever, they asked me for a blade, blade job. And (laughs) I did not know how to do it. So the guy had to bust me up the real way. Right. (laughs) Steven, when when I felt my blood in in my hand (laughs) and when I was in the the ring at the same time, I'm like, I've seen Hogan do this so many times, and I finally am doing it myself. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> like I thought I was I, I was gonna break kayfabe right there. Like uh-huh. when <laughs> I'm pretty sure you went something through like something similar in your first match or second match because here again here you are as a little kid being a fan of this product saying oh my god my dream yeah. is to be there but it, like it's one in a million to be in a WWE ring or in a ring in, yeah. in general. How did you, like, tell us a story, like how I just did, you know, your first or second match in. Like, what what hyped you up to say, oh, my God, I'm finally doing this? <laughs> like, did you have a moment like that? Yeah, uh, my first, well, you want to call it a match, it was a battle royal. And I was only a month in, you know. And I remember walking out into the ring, and the crowd didn't phase me as much as I thought it would. What saved me was the lights on top of the ring. I'm like, oh, my God. It's like a spotlight. Like, oh, wow, this is crazy. I don't know why. A, a simple light, a light bulb. You know what I mean? Like, it could have been cracked and I wouldn't see it. It was just the fact that I look, like, you felt the light above you. And, like, okay, they, all these people here, they're watching you right now. So the light is on you. And I'm like, oh, my God. For me, that was the garden, you know, because you you. Think about performing in front of people, and you're finally doing it. It could be two people, two thousand people. It's still people, you know. They're gonna, they're, mm-hmm. we, they're giving you a reaction, their reaction, all for your performing. 
it was crazy. I'm like, oh my goodness, what am I doing this? You know, so for me, it was just that light, that light on me. I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm doing this. <laughs> so, uh, Stephen, admit it, man, you wanted to steal that light bulb just to say this was oh, the light wow, bulb that was shining down on me. Yeah, yeah, just carry it with me, just light it above me like like a microphone, man. <laughs> Freaking, uh, I could only imagine Steven, like, right after the show ends, grabbing a ladder, climbing it, and be like, this is the light bulb that was it. there. <laughs> <laughs> I could only imagine that. Oh, <laughs> like, I, I have some memorable things, like, from my first matches, like, man, I... I still have my mask that I bled in when I had a broken nose. I, I still, man, there's some. What's your most prized possession in this business, uh, Stephen? I will say I have oh. none. You know, like I feel like in this business, what it what it, give, it gives me, honestly. Oh, I'm lying to you. I do have one, and it's you wouldn't think what it is. It's a picture I have of two kids. It's funny how you asked me the. The, my favorite match after this match two kids came up to me and the father took a picture with me you know me with the kids and a mm-hmm. month later he gave me the picture I have the picture on my wall to this day just because those That's two nice. kids you know they whatever you see on TV uh, on that day I was one on TV for them you know what I mean so yeah. that I want to take a picture with him it meant the world to me that was in 2012 and I still have the picture on my wall to this day that means the that world is- to me yeah, that is nice because that proves to whether you got signed to WWE, Japan, anywhere, you will still remember the people who got you there. And oh, absolutely. And that is great. That is absolutely yeah. fantastic. You know, not saying oh, that yeah. the wrestlers, the performers like you guys, don't get there on your own, but at the same time, you know, you do oh, need yeah. that extra push. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so. Absolutely. I'm glad that that I heard that from you, Stephen. But basically, I'm about done here. Let me make sure that no one else has any last comments or questions. Uh, <laughs> Millie, I know you're you're uh, you're um, <laughs> you're kind of healing there. But <laughs> Millie, you have any last words or comments? Is it, do I really have really? <laughs> my, oh, mm, oh my God! Listen here. All I gotta say. <clears throat> my blood right now. Sorry, guys. Jesus. <laughs> that it's honestly, again, a complete honor to be talking to my brother, interviewing my brother, um, you know, knowing everything he's gone through the nine years of this industry. And, mm-hmm. it's, and, it's, and it's honestly hard for me that I didn't know him a year ago. A year ago, it's actually the Wednesday. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the past week, so... And it's just in that short period of time knowing him, he's just, again, like I said, it's, he is a dedicated guy, and that's all I can really say, it's dedication, it's just passion, and, you know, overall. <clears throat> gotcha. Thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah, I got you, bro. All right. And, Rick, do you have any last words? I actually do. Uh, Stephen, real quick, uh, George mentioned yeah. a key word to me, and that's Japan. Any yeah. aspirations to wrestle? In Japan at all? I would listen. Yeah, that's actually on top of my list. If I make it to WWE soon, I would always go after Japan. Is some I want to wrestle. I need to wrestle there. You know, like you see the matches now. And yes, I love Mexican wrestling, but European that is a top to me. But in Japan, it's a, it's can you wrestle or can you not? You know what I mean? 
that's someone that I even I will you know what I will wrestle in the future, either you know sooner or after whatever happens in the future, I will be there one day because that's where I want to wrestle the most. After oh, no, the that's, heat, no question, that's, that's the hotbed. And have you wrestled anywhere outside of the state of New York, or are you just primarily a New York-based wrestler? I've done oh well, East Coast, you know, Connecticut, Jersey. Stuff, stuff like that, yeah, very close. Pennsylvania. No, we gotta get you. We gotta pull our strings and get you down here to South Florida one day. Hey, I'm trying, man. You know, <laughs> I'll definitely be down to go down there. Well, we, I think we, I think we have a little pull. I think we can get that done. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Someone talk to Trevor. Yeah. Someone talk to Trevor. <laughs> yep, Trevor, you listening? Give me a call. <laughs> yeah, Trevor, you're a new affiliate. You have to. Uh, <laughs> you're not. Yeah, hey. Wink, wink. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, Trevor from Ronan. Ronan yeah, uh, purchased your tickets a, for the next Ronan show. Real, real, really popular and, and growing promotion down here. He has, he also gets a lot of WWE guys, NXT guys to come down. Oh, okay. Do, you know, oh, yeah, so it's, it's really it's, it's a growing promotion. Okay, definitely, definitely. All right. Well, Stephen, before you go, let's do our usual thing here. Uh, how can fans uh, follow you on social media, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram? Mm-hmm. Uh, how can bookers get a hold of you for any kind of a booking inquiry? And where can fans catch you next live? I just made a Twitter, actually, like a few weeks ago. I'm, I was never a Twitter guy. I will put that on my Facebook, which is Stephen Pena. My, my timeline, my cover picture is me as a, you know, all my gear, so you will know me, Stephen Pena. Instagram, S underscore Pena21. That's where I usually post all of my, you know, my matches, all my, what I'm going to do next. But right now, it's Facebook. So, you can find me anything there on Facebook. All right, and Booker's going to get a hold of you through there, too, or or do you have a through personal Facebook, email yes. for that? Oh, okay. I have an email, right. and it, it, it's, it's in the Facebook. But, yeah, I usually hit a Booker's through my Facebook. But the email should be Oh, gotcha. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thank you so very much again for joining us here tonight, Mr. Pena. It was a history-making episode, not just for Halloween, but for what Millie's doing for us over there. Uh, So, again, I really appreciate your time here tonight. Thank you, guys. Honestly, it it was was fun. So, anything you need, like, for me, you guys show, I got you. Like I told Millie earlier today, I got you. Thank you so much for this. It was an honor. Always a pleasure. All right. Well, thank you again, Mr. Pena, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Hopefully, we invite you for a future episode again. Absolutely. Thank you so much, man. Take care. My pleasure. I'll see you in like five minutes. (laughs) All right, guys, that was Mr. Stephen Pena. What a freaking fantastic interview. Uh, You know, a lot of people uh, need to know about this man. He is very, very dedicated to the business. He he's pretty much like a dying breed in this business because where a lot of it's a lot of sequences, you know, a lot of high flying and all that stuff in the business. This man is very European, traditional, technical, and a lot of people love that stiff kind of wrestling. And he's that type of guy. And hopefully one day we see him grow and maybe even get signed to the WWE because he's one of those guys that the wrestling business does need. So again, Mr. Pena, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, if you're still tuning in, this is a very special Halloween edition of Reality Check Radio. <laughs> uh, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that was my, my attempt. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh God, not again. 
Hello, Miss. Hello, Layla Sin. How does it feel to be hit by a man, huh, bitch? <laughs> so, l- l- you you see, you see, Layla. This is why you can't hang with the men because one little kick to the face and you're down like a little bitch. But then again, Layla, you're used to that position, aren't you? <laughs> so, L- Layla, do me a favor. Let me. I'm going to leave me. George alone now because no. he trapped me away in his little let box. Let me tell you something, Cage. Let me, let me explain. <clears throat> oh, there we go. Realign Go myself. ahead and talk. Waste Let my me time. Explain something to you. Remember last time I super kicked George and we broke a couple of teeth. Okay? So next time you wanna send one of your little minions after me talking about the mall not awesome, we're gonna have some issues. Because I just had to realign my jaw. So you know what they say, an eye for an eye. Don't ever mess with a woman who's giving you your sin to commit. The most women should be giving is a certain... <sighs> Sorry. God. Millie, what have you done? <sighs> I, I had to... Listen, guys, I do apologize... I really, listeners, for anyone tuning in right now, I'm strictly, professionally sorry for Stephen Cage. This is a persona I haven't brought out in over 10 years, and he's a very disrespectful, very maniacal, very maniac, very no-remorse man. And, Millie, I know, listen, I know you and I have joked on this show before, you know, like talking about men and women, but, listen, that was all all out of joke. Stephen Cage is not a joke. And when that persona comes out, Rick, Rick, come on, vouch for me here, man. When that persona comes out, I cannot be held responsible for what whoever is in his way, and, and no offense to you, Millie, whether it be you or anyone else, I cannot be held responsible. For Christ's sake, this is a guy who got in <sighs> Little Punk's face and shoved him down. Yeah, okay. He was 11 years old, 11, when this happened. <laughs> I, he's a maniac. So yeah, I know. So you know, you you just uh, opened up some worms, Mister George. Just know this, because it's not the last that you've seen of Layla. Then trust me. Listen, I don't know if I'm talking to Millie or if I'm talking to Layla, but do me a favor. Either one of you, okay? Either one of you. I am personally inviting you to end Stephen Cage. And look, I'm I'm speaking because once that persona takes over, it's a whole different story, okay? It's a whole completely different monster. But I'm talking to you as a person, Millie, as a sincere person. And, Ricky, 
I'm pretty sure feels the same way because he hated the persona. As a matter of fact, he wanted to deck that persona. Okay, he wanted to punch him. Okay, do us the favor. I cannot be held responsible when that character does take over, but I'm going to ask you for a favor as the, the host of that persona. Get rid of him for us. I'm doing a challenge right here live on Reality Check Radio. And I want Layla Sin to face Stephen Cage. Let me tell you something, George. Yeah. Don't you ever worry. Your little pathetic soul. Because Layla, Layla Sin, she will show Stephen Cage a little thing or two. And finally... Lay him to rest. Thank God. Thank God. Thank the heavens. This, because a therapist obviously couldn't control him. Okay? A therapist obviously cannot control him. I can control him. So, Layla, if this is you that I'm talking to, I'm issuing this challenge. Layla Sin, Stephen Cage, loser leaves town match. In other words... This person never can come back again. Never. Ever. No matter what company he works for, no matter what state he goes to, no matter what country he goes to, this person cannot come back. Can you promise me to beat him and make him leave? Can you promise me this? Like I said again, George, does Layla ever have to promise anything? She delivers. Oh, my God. Rick, you have no idea how this is music to our ears. <laughs> I know. I Rick. heard. Yep, it's sweet. The, it, it, Rick. Sweet sound. It, it's well, an extremely George, sweet Rick, Are we done? Because Layla definitely has some work to do. Because she needs to get ready and prepare. Yeah, I think it's time we start man. talking about Monday Night Raw. What do you all think? Yeah, I think it's time to talk about Monday Night Raw ourselves just real quick before Layla goes, unless Layla does have to go because Layla now is in the biggest battle of her life. So, Layla, I understand if you have to go. I'm not going to, you know, trust me, I'm supporting you in this. I want to get rid of Stephen King just as much as you do. So if you need to go, go ahead and go, and me and Rick will take over. Yes, Layla has to go. So I have a couple of lovely sinners that I have to go train with and deal with pulling some strings and getting things done for Mr. Cage. Because once Layla Sin is in that ring with him, it was all a different story. Well, get rid of them for us, Layla, and we really appreciate that. I can't wait to talk to Millie again next week, and hopefully Stephen doesn't come out, you know, when Millie's back here in the studio next week here in Miami. Uh, Layla, good luck. Yes. Wish you the best. You have our support. Thank you, guys. And you guys, I will talk to you most likely next week, Monday, for a short, brief period of time. Good All right. Thank you very much, Layla. Bye-bye. Bye. Rick, that is music to my ears, man. I tell you. You know. It's great feeling. It's liberating. 
Stephen Cage is a nightmare. And Layla, I... No, he's definitely not. Layla has no no idea what she's... Let me ask you something, Rick. Between this is between you and I before we enter the WWE Raw topic. Do yeah. you think Layla has a chance against this maniac? Well, in the immortal words of James Ellsworth, anybody with two fists has a fighting chance. But no. I, because listen, I, I've locked away this character for a while, but. Obviously, he's still there if all you have to do is say his goddamn name. <laughs> so he's, he's, he's lurking. He's around. Anyway, let's talk about WWE Raw, and let's just hope that Layla Sin gets rid of this sin, which is Stephen Cage. Um, guys, today we're going to be set for another great Monday Night Raw. Uh, we are actually expecting a lot of surprises tonight as we've heard many things like the Boogeyman will be making a cameo appearance and a lot of scary characters from uh, Raw's past and SmackDown uh, will be appearing tonight. I can't really think of many scary characters besides the Undertaker and the Boogeyman, to be honest with you. But it, like we're, we're set to have a lot of those people make appearances tonight on Raw. Of course, we're, we might be in for some fun as well with, of course, the typical comedy characters, uh, you know, dressing up and, and so on and so forth. But my most important thing is what are they going to do with Charlotte tonight and what are they going to do with Kevin Owens? And on top of that, Goldberg. Goldberg returns tonight, most likely for the same main event slot tonight. Rick? What what do you have to say first? Let's talk about Charlotte and Sasha. Where do you think it's going to go from now? Oh, I you know I I don't know. I've been seeing some rumors that maybe the the reason that uh, Sasha wound up wound up dropping the strap last night was they are going to uh, introduce uh, a little program with Bailey. So that that'll be interesting to see if that uh, if that comes to fruition or if they uh, continue on a little farther with the angle from the match last night. Okay. Well, like personally, I don't know where we might go from there. Here, like I don't even know how they could uh, squeeze in Sasha or even Bailey for that matter tonight because it looks like even uh, like the point is is that Dana Brooks has even kind of not like unaligned herself with Charlotte from what it looks like. So it, it's really a big, big toss up of where we're going with this right now, but I have to say one thing, and one thing's for sure. Uh, the the show-stealing th- uh, topic tonight, again, will be obviously Goldberg, because Goldberg returns again tonight to speak on to Brock Lesnar. Listen, guys, to me, I would have held it, you know, till till Royal Rumble, as far as the this whole rivalry thing is concerned. But... <laughs> I don't know what to expect in this, Rick, because it, the last major match Brock Lesnar had was against Randy Orton, and we all remember what happened to Randy Orton. You know, and you and I have met Bill Goldberg in person, and Bill Goldberg is not that type of guy that will let you just elbow him in the face and make him a bloody mess. Absolutely so, not. Way. Yeah, so what what the hell can we expect? Like, us as journalists, Rick, we cannot even predict what's to come in this match or or even the weeks to come with the buildup. What what do you think we could expect out of all this? I, my hope is, is that at some point tonight, maybe Brock makes an actual appearance on the ramp with Paul Heyman. 
That's about the best case scenario that I, I could think of. Maybe not. Well, onto the I ramp, know that next uh, week onto the ramp with Heyman. Well, I know for sure that Brock Lesnar is going to be with Paul Heyman on the week before Survivor Series with Goldberg, but a, a couple weeks before would be nice, even if right. it's only Paul Heyman. Correct. Yeah, they, even if it's only Paul Heyman. Building it up. I, I, they're definitely obviously going to build this one up. So, uh, uh, hey, listen, anytime we can get Goldberg on TV, we'll take it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's a win. Now, here's the uh, here's a toss-up, though. I don't know if you read this rumor, but apparently The Undertaker's last match will be this year at WrestleMania 33. And right now, it's a toss-up between Sting and Goldberg. <laughs> you know, t- talking about the guy. So imagine if it is Goldberg versus The Undertaker. How How the hell can we picture such a match? Yeah, that's weird. I've also I also heard that there's that there is some talk that Kevin Owens could actually lose at the Royal Rumble and work some kind of a program with said Undertaker, probably possibly even at WrestleMania. I I can't see that. I don't see see that as a big enough match for Undertaker, conceivably being his last match more than likely at WrestleMania. But that's a rumor I've also heard. Maybe Kevin Owens is involved in this picture somehow down the road. Hey, maybe we see maybe we see a cameo appearance by the Undertaker tonight. He was a scary guy in the past. This is true, very true. You know, and Kevin Owens is on Raw. So, maybe they clue something? Maybe. It makes sense to me as long as uh he's recovered enough from his apparently hip little hip procedure that he had he being the Undertaker of course and He's off the crutches. I don't see why not. Why, why couldn't he? Or even be on again, be on the, uh, on the Titantron from some quote-unquote remote location. Yep, completely agree. So with that being said, tonight's Monday Night Raw should be a doozy. It should entertain you. It should keep you active. It should keep you glued for all the upcoming stories that are going to lead into Survivor Series. Now that it's Raw versus SmackDown in traditional tag team matches, this should be a very good you know, time to watch WWE just because of the Survivor Series and what's leading to it, uh, especially Goldberg and Lesnar and, of course, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins and, and, and the, so on and so forth. So tonight should be a start of a new era, which is going to be extremely good, and I suggest for everyone to watch. Uh, but Rick, do you have any last words? I have no last words other than oh, one really very one very important thing to all of you uh, locals who are in town. Do not forget this coming Saturday at the legendary gym at Miami Senior High School is Lucha Fest number four, an absolute who's who is on this card, with the main event being. Angel Rose. Yes, I did say Angel Rose will face Mike Monroe for the championship title match. That is going to be quite possibly history in the making. And if you are anywhere in the area and you haven't bought a ticket, I highly suggest you go out and get one today. I, yeah. If you haven't, what what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? You know, Absolutely. an invitation? This is the biggest invitation of of South Florida wrestling. Okay, you need to go there. Stevie Richards, Mr. 450, Sean Prime, and many, many other surprises to come. You cannot miss 
Lucha Fest 4. This is Miami's personal WrestleMania, and you cannot miss it for it, – it, let's put it this way. If you don't want to wait for WrestleMania next year in April, you got WrestleMania in your doorstep this coming Saturday. And, and you it'll do still not. be much less expensive than buying a ticket to go see uh, any movie that's currently out or, or, or even coming out. So it's well worth the price of admission, that's for sure. And look at the bright side, Rick. Movies are in theaters for weeks. That's correct. You can miss, you can miss one night because Lucha Fest 4 is only out on one night, and you do not want to miss that show. And it could Definitely quite possibly not. be, like we said, history in the making. Could Angel Rose become the new champion? It, mm-hmm. it, it's the only one way to find out. And if Mike Monroe retains, who would his next challenger be? Absolutely. So there's a lot, lot of questions. Know very well, he's not going to go down quietly. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> so, guys, for everyone here on well, wait, I forgot our plugs. Rick, let's go ahead and do. Oh, well, we're going to go no, ahead and plug. Not. We're going to go ahead and plug Little CM Punk. He is he is one of the three main eventer <laughs> headliners. So we're, I would like to follow Little CM Punk through Facebook uh, at Little CM Punk. Uh, Twitter, which I believe is little underscore CM underscore punk, and Instagram as well. Definitely <laughs> want to follow him. Lots of things going on with little CM punk. <laughs> that little punk is still in this business. <laughs> he's, still, he's not going anywhere. He he is the proverbial cockroach. Like the lights go on and he scatters, but he's not going anywhere. Hi, Rick. I haven't seen you in, what, three years? Oh, uh, not, no. <laughs> Cage, you'd be a good boy and go in the corner. On your corner, slide. That little kid is still in this business. (laughs) Hey, I I, I tell you what, there, Cage. He's not hard to find. You (laughs) come on down to the the, uh, buy yourself a ticket because I know you. You know you won't get in any other way. And uh, we'll see if Punk will be waiting for you. How about that? It'll be there. (laughs) Tell you what, Rick. Tell you what. I'll see him next week. (laughs) We're looking forward to it. What just happened? I don't know. It was weird. Did you uh, have a little uh, meltdown there, a little mini meltdown? I, I, I can tell you, that, that Layla is, is absolutely no good for business. No good for business. No, it is definitely not. And I feel like Stephen K just t- came out again. I, Layla, I, I, little... I think he just did. Layla. You're not good for business. I'm going to have to no, have a Yeah, it... <laughs> We need to save Layla. Rick, let's close up shop. Let's go save Layla because she has no idea what she's getting herself into. I, I think that's, guys, that's, that's the best idea we've had all night. Yeah. Guys, have a great night. Stay real. Make sure to tune in next Monday at 6 p.m. here on Reality Check Radio. Oh, my God. What has Layla done? I, I, she, she has no idea what she's getting herself into here. Good night, folks. Thank you all for joining us. Remember to come back next Monday at 6 p.m. right here on Block Talk Radio and get your dose of reality check.